Welcome all to our second episode of Strange Shenanigans. Your lead host now and to the great unknown, the believer of Bigfoot, Ashley Mitchell. Ashley is joined by myself, Stan, who wouldn't believe in aliens if they touched me with a 10-foot probe. Strange Shenanigans is going to be a conversation of all things weird, otherworldly, in a world where the new normal is TikTok dances, pimple-faced kids making millions as professional video game athletes, and the ever-present looming threat of a new internet challenge to rival the idiocy of eating Tide Pods. Mm. Let's get back to the basics of being weird. <laughs> Our first topic today is going to be about the Fermi Conundrum, also known as the Fermi Paradox, which is the... Uh, is Apparently just a variety of explanations for people who do not believe that we've been visited by aliens as to why they have not visited us. Maybe it's because we're already a shit show enough. Well, that's, well, that's one of the theories, basically. <laughs> but, so, the, the, you would think by naming it the, the Fermi conundrum that, you know, it would be a, like a, a theory and they'd have one, that'd be the name of the one theory. But no, apparently the Fermi paradox... Is just the fact that if intelligent life exists, they haven't visited us. That's the whole paradox, according concept. Okay. So there's multiple theories of subcategories as to why they haven't visited us. Ooh, all right. So the a recent one, which to me sounds just like complete asinine bullshit, <laughs> is uh, the ice planet theory. So aliens, these advanced beings, you know, live in a uh, subsurface state on, on their own home planets because their home planets are are coated in ice so they all live subsurface and have no interest in going above surface of their own planets. Okay. Alright. So that's the mole person ice planet theory. Okay. <laughs> mole person Which ice seems, planet. Seems silly to me. There's the technology evolution theory. So alien life has evolved to a state that they would not recognize our technological advances <laughs> as anything. They would see it and be like, oh, they got some bugs on that planet. Interesting. And just keep going. It'd see no, it's seen no way for it to be fit for them to talk to us or acknowledge our existence. We or, have no value to anything. aliens. Yep. So there's that theory. The... Uh, the next one is a deliberate distance theory. So aliens have known we exist and have intentionally kept their distance from us for multiple different reasons. Because every theory has its own reason. Because, because of our wars. Because we're not evolved enough. Because the way our culture is. Or just <laughs> generally human beings are unappealing. So one of my favorite ones is, uh, is the zoo theory. So, planet Earth to these extraterrestrials is like a terrarium and is intentionally guarded from any alien life impeding it, you know? So, we're just like this fancy little fishbowl experiment <laughs> to them. I like that. I like to think that, that we're like a television station to aliens so that they can just flip through on their little TV and like pick 
like which person yeah. yeah pick yeah. which person they're watching like that seems super plausible to me right. you're like oh what crap are the smiths getting it's into it's today the show for aliens <laughs> oh look baby george is stuck in the well oh, that's that's what i like to think aliens are doing see this, this is my other favorite one which is the self-destruct theory so life on all planets including these alien planets only evolve to the point of self-extinction which hmm. I think between that and the zoo theory have like a lot of merit to them because as you know we all know uh, aliens have visited us and all of this is bullshit so Absolutely. I mean, at, at this point with the US Navy and Air Force releasing videos of unidentified flying objects attacking warships I'm pretty sure we can stop pretending that they don't exist now but the self-destruct theory goes along with a lot of alien encounter type stories that have to do with the military where every alien encounter that's actually some sort of forceful encounter is done around some sort of weapon of mass destruction or nuclear warhead or nuclear testing facility that makes sense right so that the the remainder of what's left of this this these alien groups and civilizations are trying to deter us from our own self-destruction which is also you know the major topic of a lot of uh a lot of encounters at some point that makes a lot of sense they're just trying to warn us they're tr yeah they're trying to at the same time as i think that and the zoo theory go well together because it seems like like they they understand that we're not on the same playing field as them so they're going to wait and see but they're only going to wait and see until we come to the point where we're going to destroy everything and if we do destroy everything, that would obviously have an effect on them. Yep, exactly. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. What are the chances we're actually going to listen? Like zero to none. Like, so. what, what would it have to take, if this theory is correct, what would it have to take for us to finally be like, ah, oh, we probably should listen to these guys. Well, I don't know. There's, there's actual, you know, members of the military on record with the last sightings of UFOs with the, that was released uh, declassified by the government where they were they were tampering with the flight controls and the the vessel controls of naval warships yeah. without even any physical contact with it like they, it didn't take any effort to do that so I think they have the capability of completely you know stopping it but it's more of a it's more of a let's let them try and get to it themselves first I can see that. Right. Kind of let us fend for ourselves. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm around for if this theory is correct and we start self-destructing. I hope I'm around to see what the aliens are like. Oh, shit. Okay, we got to go take care of Earth now. They didn't freaking listen to us. Right. I hope I'm around to see what actually happens. Pretty curious on so, that one. Oh, uh, like, uh, my, you know this, but the theory I hate the most of like alien contact theories is the ancient aliens it's just the just most it's, <laughs> let's take every human accomplishment of all of time and just say that aliens did it it's like the great pyramids could not have been built you know without aliens which is obviously complete bullshit because it's, it's, it's leverage Right? I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry if you're listening. You're like, no, you're devout followers of this ancient alien theory. But 
We're not going to be here telling you the aliens built the pyramids. Yeah, it's, it's just... I mean, it's simple mathematics that obviously the Egyptians had mastered. Right, it's just a lot of slaves and a lot of time. Yeah. I'm sorry to disappoint you on that one. <laughs> of why aliens are not real, I decided to look into some adoptee cases myself. I've got two good ones. Two good ones, yeah. So I don't know. You guys probably obviously don't know. This is episode two. But Sam and I each pick a topic that we're going to talk about for our podcast. And we don't really talk to each other about it at all. Yeah. So it's an actual. Right? It keeps it fresh. It's an actual real conversation. I learned something new. I didn't know any of these theories. So our first guy taken by aliens is, uh, his name is Brian Scott. I've been reading Real Aliens, Space Beings, and Creatures from Other Worlds by Sherry and Brad Steger. I came across, um, a unique case of a man named Brian Scott. Scott has been dealing with beings from outer space since he was a teenager, and it continued through his adulthood well into his marriage. Brian Scott seemed to have dealt with aliens that most of us regular people are not familiar with. Now, I read many of his abduction stories and encounters. There have been lights. He's had conversations with them. He was even felt hypnotized almost, driving to the middle of nowhere without realizing it, just to be abducted again with one of his friends at one time. Really, what struck me about the Scott case is alien voice prints. Have you heard of this? No. So he has a whole case. You can look it up on Google. There's plenty of stuff on him. But he has this, or had this, I should say. He's passed away by now. But he had this alien voice print issue. Um, Brian Scott has had aliens or some type of aliens beings uh, coming out of different places of his home and coming out of him himself, these awful voices that just aren't his. Um, They don't resemble his regular voice at all. Uh, One voice, when he was studied, lacked all harmonics. And one voice he had was like a terrible devil-sounding voice. And some, the pitch has been so low that people who have studied this poor guy, they're like, human beings can't even talk that low. They can't make these sounds at all. Yeah, this guy's been through some hell. Um, After all the studies, interviews, investigations, wiring up, monitoring him, one thing all these studies have had in common was it wasn't Brian Scott himself making all these sounds and saying all these things. If it wasn't him, who was it? And that's the age-old questions with all these, you know, pro-UFO guys to regular doctors. Because something was coming out of Scott's mouth. Remember, Scott has been dealing with aliens most of his grown life. These aliens he encountered were all seemed to be different. He had different descriptions of all of them. But they all seem to be speaking through him and using him to pass on messages and tasks. 
Well, we could just send this guy to the loony bin. Why haven't we? The opportunity was there. This case is there. And they could have gotten more out of the Brian Scott if they wanted to. Uh, it seems to me, though, there has to be a solid reason why we aren't just labeling him as a nut and moving on. All the investigators, interviewers, doctors can't give the stamp of nut approval when these voices coming out of Scott weren't even close to his own. By UFO believers and even Scott himself, it's clear he's some kind of host, some kind of resource of communication. To outsiders, he's a vast mystery. All right, so this whole time you talked about aliens, but the uh, the good Catholic in me is like somebody needs to get this guy a freaking priest. Maybe and I don't. That doesn't sound like alien, an alien theory or anything to me at all. That sounds like a you know, possession. It does almost sound like a possession. But the weird thing with this guy is he was given tasks to do. And unfortunately, he passed away before he could finish his tasks. But some of them... say unfortunately. <laughs> but some of them were, I mean, he was told to go to different countries and, like, build buildings and things like that. Build pyramids. He was told to build some type of pyramid at one point. You're just trying to get me all amped up about the ancient aliens. I know, I'm not trying to get you amped up about the ancient aliens. I mean, I don't know. The book doesn't say how big the pyramid was supposed to be. I don't know. It's just, was he possessed? Because I I can say in this case, or at least, you know, in this book I was reading, they never once said they brought a priest to him. Maybe they can't. I don't know. Yeah. But was he possessed or was it aliens? Because he was abducted. He had been abducted with friends. His wife might have been abducted. That yeah, information's still a little iffy. From, from what I've, what I've watched, listened, and read, and uh, when it has to do with demonic possession, most of those people don't even feel like they're in control of their body most of the time. So, like some sort of visual or auditory hallucination, saying that somebody else was in control of you would fall right in line with the same sort of concept. So, I, well, I guess that's going to be our unsolved mystery. Was he a host of communications for aliens? Or was he possessed by some demons? Either way, the guy's screwed. I mean, he's passed away. He has passed away since then. It just seemed like a weird, you know, almost sci-fi movie type thing to tell him to go to all these different places and make things. Yeah. His whole life is just one giant sci-fi movie. Yeah. In his whole life, he was just under constant skepticism. Yeah. Been labeled as loony, been labeled as fake. Yeah. But if these abductions, let's go on the ladder. Let's say all these abductions are true, and maybe his stories don't always line up. If he has been abducted and been dealing with aliens continuously since he was a teenager. He said his first abduction came when he was 16. Yeah. And we're on the pro-alien side, right? That means by the time his story was written, he had been dealing with this for like over 20 years. Yeah. So if you've been dealing with something that extreme, if this in fact is true, your story might not always line up correctly. That's a lot to deal with. Well, yeah, that's Dealing with aliens for 20 years? even if... You think about it, even whether it's real or not, that's just a world of psychological trauma to constantly deal with. That's right, and that's the other thing. If it is a mental illness, he saw doctors. Yeah. He talked to a lot of people. 
So, if it was some type of weird mental illness, why was it never labeled as such? I mean, this isn't like an old case. This isn't from the 1800s. Yeah. This started in the 70s and kept his whole life to the 2000s. Yeah. So there was ample time to label him as something. Right. Why couldn't they? Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. Why couldn't they? That happens a lot with this stuff, though, too, because there's the... uh, I don't remember where he's from. That little boy, I think he was from Russia, but he claimed that he was from the future. And nobody could disprove it for the longest time. And, you know, there's all sorts of accounts like that where they can't disprove or prove things, but... I think at a certain point you got to focus differently on whether you're proving or disproving it and whether you're actually helping the person at all. That's the other thing. Was he just a study? Mm-hmm. Michael, was he just a really interesting guy to study yeah. that something he, that ordinary? Just a 17th century pickle jar of years, essentially, to them, yeah. He def- I mean, maybe. Right. He definitely could be. He makes a great story. We're yeah. definitely going to talk about him again. His like whole life makes a great story. Dive research on that. Yeah. One. Yeah. All right. So I only have one more abduction case for us, and this is about some twin sisters. Ooh, creepy. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. The twins aren't freaky enough to begin with. <laughs> Little so these sisters, this is from an older article I found researching from uh, ABC National News, not even Ooh. a local paper. Yeah. So it's a couple, it's about 15 years old, a little, little younger than that. So they're interviewed by uh, ABC and their names are Audrey and Deb. They've been having encounters with aliens since they were young children. Audrey said in an interview that the encounter started when her and her sister were about five years old. Tall two figures with large eyes wearing black capes approached them one day, and these visits have continued as adults. These abductions have affected their livelihood, their lives, to the point that they're in therapy and group therapy. The sister, Deb, was quoted as saying, a lot of times I'll wake up in tears saying, why me? Why can't this happen to someone else? The sisters have been abducted separately and together. Both recall seeing their home from above in some sort of craft, and a bright blue light appears and their whole house is covered in a foggy blue fog. The girls remember what their ship looks like, they remember seeing Earth from above, and they are even able to piece together different abductions by the same tall black-eyed beings all throughout different points of their life. They have spoken numerous times under changed names, and they refuse to release where they're actually from besides being from New England for fear of judgment or something else bad happening to them. It wasn't clear if that was by humans or these guys that keep taking them. To me, because this is real and they've had enough to be worried about without dealing with the cruelty of the media and fellow neighbors, that's the reason why they haven't spoken much. That seems plausible. Could you imagine trying to seriously tell something, somebody something that devastating that happened to you and them just being like, 
yeah, you just need to go see a psychiatrist or something. Right, they're saying they're crazy. Yeah. But this is real to them. And I think this, to me, this is real. This is solid. Yeah. They've been taken throughout their whole life. So we could try to attribute it to some childhood trauma. That childhood trauma is still going on, and they're in their 30s now. When this was written, they were in their 20s. Yeah. I think people like to explain things away a lot, too, with the, uh, with the, their, their, with your brain using it as a coping mechanism for something. Right, yeah, a coping mechanism. You know? But, uh, I, it, that continuation, you know, from child to adulthood, it, could that still be a coping mechanism? I mean. That's a long-ass coping mechanism. Right. It really is, it's except they've been studied too. together, which makes sense, they're twins. But. That that's also part of the problem too, though. I mean, when you don't you don't investigate together, you know, you don't you don't do some sort of exploratory questioning together. Uh, who investigated? What were they actually asking too? You know. I don't know. So it seems like, and once you. I believe that once you've developed a coping mechanism, too, that that can lead to you continuing the coping mechanism for all stressful events in your life. That's a weird coping mechanism, though. Mm-hmm. For both of them to have. Yeah, that is true. I'm not saying it is a coping mechanism. I'm just saying... If it was. Yeah. If it was a coping mechanism, it seems like a weird one to continue throughout your whole life with your sister. Right. Like, plenty of childhood trauma goes around, and I'm not a doctor, but how many coping mechanisms are exactly the same with siblings, down to the T? I know that, that well, that's, that's like, you know, people saying, you know, the shared hallucinations <laughs> by entire towns and stuff like that. And I don't believe most of those. I don't believe that. I don't believe about... I, I really don't believe in most shared hallucinations. Yeah. I think it's way too far-fetched. Yeah. And it's just great for an excuse when we don't want to believe things actually happened. See, from personal experience, I believe it's a lot easier for your brains to play tricks on you when you're by yourself completely. Right. I mean, as as, you know... An adult man, the only time I've ever been able to freak myself out and convince myself something was wrong when there wasn't was mm-hmm. when I was alone and already in a stressful situation. Exactly. And they seem to have grown up normal. They didn't say anything out of the ordinary. No besides, other family. Besides the, the guys in capes with the <laughs> Right, besides the guys with the capes. But no other family came forward or anything. So that could also play. Could you imagine if it's their teenage brother too and it's just this weird creepy thing he's been doing his whole life. Right, maybe. He's just like, I just got to come through at some point, but I just love watching the terror on their tiny faces. You know what? It's possible. <laughs> I mean, I guess anything is possible when you want to be a skeptic, but it was hard to really dive into these two girls because they do. They change their name every interview. Wow. on this whole contact with aliens 
versus theories why aliens just either aren't real or just flat out don't want to visit us. But more that they're just not real. There's a lot of people out there, especially scientists, who will want to say they're not real at all. Well, it just seems like complete nonsense at this point. We, we have the government releasing information that they know of objects that are out there that they, they have no sense of what they are. I know. And but, they supersede our military abilities. I know, but I mean, I just it's weird to me to think that people don't think they're real, but they're out there. You know, uh, in a poll that was taken in the year uh, 2000, 40 million Americans say that they have seen or know someone who has seen a UFO. And that number, as we all know through research, has tripled at this point. Like over half. It's something like eighty percent of Americans now. Yeah, it's a lot of people. There's even a support group in New England, and at that time of the interview with the girls I was reading, they had one thousand five hundred members in their support group. This was a support group for people who had been affected by alien abductions. That's crazy. One thousand five hundred. Now we've heard a lot of explanations for alien abductions. Uh, sleep paralysis is a favorite one but it's because you can't your dreams are like i don't know your dreams are like real but you can't move and stuff so it feels like you're actually living it seems like nonsense mental illness schizophrenia childhood trauma i mean there's a lot of excuses on why it just can't be happening it can't be true but if every abductee has sleep paralysis then how does that match up with a majority of the population of Americans, even the world's, believing or not believing in aliens? Most It seems like a majority of the world at this point, even England and Russia, have released things. China has too. They believe that something else is out there. We could chalk it up to just man influence, but if that's the case, why is every abductee story different? Why do they range from different looking creatures to different crafts, different forms of communication? If in fact, aliens, UFOs, all of it is all a hoax, all fake, all made up, all attention seeking, then why are they, uh, why are there dedicated to anonymous support groups for people trying to cope with these harsh and unique experiences. Because all these people, thousands of people, are anonymously seeking attention and they're coping with things such as mental illnesses and sleep orders, anonymously seeking attention through all these things though. I find this naive and hard to believe. That is less believable than the latter, which is that we are not the only aliens in the universe. We are aliens to something out there, and they are checking us out just as we have been checking them out for decades and beyond. How is it believable that we have that we have satellites and top-notch scientists searching for life beyond Earth, and yet it's made up that aliens have abducted and studied these two sisters or taken over Scott's life? Those are unbelievable stories, but us searching and claiming to have never had contact is believable. 
Stories upon stories upon evidence has came out through the years of confirming things like Roswell or Project Blue Books, the Air Force and Navy videos, and 8,000 other different sightings and events. And yet, whole generals of the army seem to be less credible than what the uneducated media and corrupt government decide to release or choose to tell us. See, I, I have to agree with you there. I don't think... I think the notion that just people can still claim to this day that there's no possibility of them existing is it's just... It's naivety. It's like we exist. Exactly. I mean, and if we exist in all these different strange animals within our own planet exists. Why can't something else? Why can't something exist in one of these multiple other, you know, oh, you know, beautiful bioatmospheres? I mean, it, it doesn't... We've discovered other universes. They've discovered planets with the same, you know, chemical makeup of, as Earth that are friggin' 30 times the size of Earth. Could you imagine the the super fauna that it would exist in a place like that? It's very plausible. When you think about it, pre pre humanity, you know, when the Earth was at its warmest, we had trees that were bigger than whole friggin' buildings. Yeah. So could you imagine a planet that's already larger in scale and in its you know early stages of development. There's of definitely life. has to be something there. Mm -hmm. I mean, Earth itself has kind of already proven that there is something there. Yeah. Just by studying Earth and fossils, it's naive to think that those planets already don't have something, yeah. considering we did. And why is the notion that they can't have anything living on it when we did? Yeah. We had things living on our planet when it was just giant trees the size of skyscrapers. I mean, it just—it's—it's just, just insanity that we so many are just set in the ways of this isn't it, possible. It's it, not it real. It seems weird that in a, in modern day America that we took this this stance in the fifties of oh, it's a weather balloon and we're going to stick to it for the next seventy years. Yeah, weather balloons. It, been well, that decades. they decided that was the policy. Okay, we're not going to admit that something existed and that something extremely strange happened because we're worried about how the public's going to react. And we're going to carry that on into the invention of, you know, the SR-22 Blackbird and the smartphone. <laughs> it's like, like we have these crazy technologies that we've come up with ourselves, and yet you, you want us to continue to believe you that there's not other things out there in the universe that can also do these things? Do these exact same things. Mm-hmm. I've always said that the second the, I don't know, the government, media, whatever, spotted and made contact with an alien, and that was just the headline. Oh, hey, I don't know, George Washington spoke to an alien today. Yeah. That just would have been that. That just would have been history. Yeah. I don't think there would have been panic. I don't I think there would have been riots. Nope. I I don't think any of that would have happened. I think it would have just been, okay, this is humanity. This is the way of life now. Right. Aliens are here. Because you hear the theory that the government hid aliens and all these conspiracies because the public would have flipped out. It wouldn't have ended well. Yeah. But if, if it was, if from day one they were like, hey, spaceship crashed, Paul's here, we would have been like, okay, we would have been a little surprised probably at first, and then 
That would be that just be life on Earth. Aliens but, come and go. But you think be no shock, no nothing, no uh, movies. The, what's also on top of that is that was decided, you know, not that long ago. But in all of human history, there's you know stories, you know, in you know mythology, popular culture, since the the you know invention of any sort of you know writing down of people traveling between stars or time and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like it's something that human beings have always imagined and thought believable. Right, we've always thought it believable so, and so telling why, these tales. Why would we, you know, 70 years ago be like, nope, didn't actually happen. Why do we put a stop to it? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense why we all of a sudden decide to put a stop to it. Unless we get into these theories of what we were told. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen the movies of aliens being hostile, which I feel like if they were, something would have happened by now, in all honesty. Could be wrong, but maybe it was something we were told. I don't know. See, I I think, too, also, with the, the idea of aliens came here and they're hostile seems not realistic to me. Because that feeds right into the self-destruct theory mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier. So, if they are a host if they have hostility towards us, then they obviously would have harbored and developed hostility throughout their their history. And if they had internal hostility, how did they not self-destruct of their own? Already. Cuz we already know that things can't exist in, you know, a uh, a dictatorship type of uh, existence because it always fails. Oh, it so fails. how would an entire race of beings come to develop, you know, oh, space travel and all these advanced civilization techniques if under, you know, an authoritarian rule we they can't even, you know, they can't even enact their plans, you know, of withholding oil reserves or friggin' <laughs> invading another country. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense why we have kept it under wraps. The only thing I could imagine is why, and especially, I mean, I'm only going about the American government because that's where we live, is that we couldn't form some sort of selfish power with them. Some sort of, because we're pretty selfish country sometimes. We couldn't form some type of agreement that would benefit us. Yeah. We couldn't create even more of a super super government. Well, that that's that's one of those uh, one of those other theories that I think that's one of the theories that makes people who believe in extraterrestrials get looked at as a fringe thought in the first place is because these people yeah. were like Joe Biden's a lizard person. That's why he's there, and that's why he doesn't speak English so well. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard him lately. Something's right. not right. <laughs> It's definitely not just because his, you know, gorp sack is filled with mucus or something. Yeah. Jeez. I would believe that something's going on there, but that's, I mean, it's another plausible theory is we're keeping it under wraps because there's no self-gain. So it would be easier for when, if, you know, the day comes when it's released that they all really have been working for the post office this whole time. Yeah, yeah, that it would cause some mass hysteria. Yep. But I really think if the day ever comes where it's just like out in the open, they're here, they're there, it's just like a sci-fi channel show, I really think the government officials 
will be really disappointed when it's not mass hysteria when it's not mass chaos and we're all just like yeah we know we've been telling you forever well, not, not only that but you think about you know people even you know my parents and my grandparents age have been brought up on these stories you know the the sci-fi fantasy of these coexisting you know universal beings coming together and doing stuff it's like like we were watching Guardians of the Galaxy in the movie theaters, and for some reason we think that our government would think that we can't coexist with other beings, and that the majority of the population wouldn't be like, this is freaking awesome. I, I think it'd be pretty awesome. I'm really excited to be, like, best friends with a great person. Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really hoping my bestie is going to be, like, little lizard person Susan or something. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. I, I think that's why I don't have a lot of friends. I think I'm just waiting for the aliens to come, and then I'll have friends. <laughs> that's really that's really what this thing is. Yeah. I'm just waiting for my new best friend to come. <laughs> oh, man. You know, we say all this, and now all I can think of is Nancy Pelosi going home at night and peeling back her human mask and her little lizard face underneath, because I'm positive that's what's underneath that. Oh, mask. under, you know, that, that there is way more plausible than anybody else. Right. Something is not right with those eyebrows. Her, her and Mitch McConnell, I don't know what type of alien is under that Mitch McConnell mask, but it's definitely a crazy one. And maybe that's why we're keeping it under wraps. Maybe all of this has been for nothing. The real reason why we've been keeping aliens under wraps so badly and making these awesome movies is because they've been running our government and they're super lame because they're people like right. They've been around so long. Maybe that's it. Maybe they've been running our government, and we're just waiting for the final plan. Yeah. I don't know what that final plan is just gonna be, but sure, it's just as plausible as any other theory I've heard today. Yeah. All right, that's all we got for you tonight, people. You have a great night. We're broadcasting from Our Heroes Military Museum Studios right in Maine. Have a good night, folks. Night.